Blog Talk Radio. Listening to LGBTQ America, I'm Brandon Carmody. We want to welcome our listeners in the United States and around the world. Dr. Ron Holt is a clinical psychiatrist who is passionate about spreading awareness and support for the LGBTQ community, ending bullying, and advocating for suicide prevention. Dr. Ron Holt is publishing a book entitled Pride that comes out on December 15th, and our own Roddy Biggs has the exclusive interview with Dr. Holt about his book that you can only hear here on LGBTQ America. So without further ado, I present to you Roddy Biggs' exclusive interview with Dr. Ron Holt. And welcome to Gay News Radio. My name is Roddy Biggs. Today I am joined by Dr. Ron Holt, who recently wrote a book titled Pride. Dr. Ron, welcome to the show. Thank you so much. It's an honor and a pleasure to be with you, Roddy. So, Dr. Holt, can you tell us a little bit more about your book and the thought process behind writing it? Absolutely. So um, I, I wrote the book um, Pride, and uh, so so the book is is about um, issues that gay, lesbian, bisexual, and transgender youth uh, often encounter uh, while growing up. And a, a, a description of it would be like I ask such, such things as like, do you wonder about your gender or your sexual feelings? Um, are are you worried about what other people might think of you? And so I, I've taken um, the comments that I've received from thousands of college-age students, uh, students that I've heard um, from over the past 17 years and kind of put them into a book. And I thought that maybe some of the answers and some, some of the questions that I've received over the years would actually help other people um, help them uh, bring, bring together the things that they're, they're struggling with. And so in, in the book, I, I gave a lot of information that helped many other people sort through what it means to be lesbian, gay, bisexual, trans, and even questioning. Um, some of the things that we, I've kind of worked on um, and to help people better understand are that their sexual feelings and sense of gender identity are not things that people choose. Um, if and when it makes sense to tell any, anybody about your sexual feelings, um, what to do if others disapprove or don't, or don't like the way you are because of you coming out. Um, also, how to deal with the problems that might come from being uh, prejudiced, d- discrimination, and or bullying. And then also just some practical advice and, and recommendations on how to live a life of self-acceptance uh, and self-love. Um, I think for a lot of us, especially when we're struggling uh, with, with our sexual feelings or our gender identity, uh, we have a very di- difficult time uh, holding things together. And so I was hoping that putting this book together of all the experiences that I had would help other people better understand what I went through and hopefully then give them some guidance in what they're going through. Absolutely. So in your book, you talk a lot about your early years growing up, and you say, I grew up in a very abusive household where my father would not mince words about his thoughts or feelings about anyone, including his negative views on homosexuality. And then you go on to talk about that later in your book. So can you tell us a little bit more about what it was like growing up in that kind of abusive environment and how that shaped who you are today? Absolutely. So, uh, you know, my, my dad was a very verbally and emotionally abusive person. And that started, gosh, from as far back as I can remember, all the way back to fifth, sixth grade when I started having memories of, of this verbal abuse. And 
it's, it's something that occurred every day and was just unrelenting and really caused me to have a lot of emotional and, and mental health issues because of it. Um, even though I wasn't necessarily out yet about my sexual orientation, I think parents can sometimes pick up that their kids may, may be struggling. And so my dad would actually use that against me. And even though I wasn't necessarily out or even uh, accepting of, of myself yet at such a young age, that didn't prevent him from really going after me and, and using derogatory terms and names and calling me queer and fag and look at the way he walks and you're not going to make it in life. And it was just a constant um, chorus of negativity that I heard every day of my life, really, whenever I was around him. Um, probably from fourth or fifth grade all the way up until I was age 23 when I was able to finally get out of the house and, and kind of do, do my own, own thing. Um, I often think that such adversities, initially, it really caused me to have a lot of low self-esteem and low self-worth. I dealt with a lot of mental health issues, had thoughts of suicide at, at some time. And I knew that those kind of negativities would have a very negative Im impact on me, which they did. But through therapy and through working on my own feelings, I was eventually able to kind of work through that and realize that it was never really about me that he was talking about. He was just projecting his own feelings onto me. And so through therapy and through my own um, in interventions, I was able to turn my adversity that I had with my father and turn it into an asset. And that's why I kind of go out now and talk to colleges and have been since 2000 because I don't want other kids to ever feel like they're alone the way that I felt alone. And I was hoping to take my experiences that I had growing up and turn it into a gift for others to learn from. In the first chapter of your book, you talk about your coming out story, and that's pretty much the entire chapter. So is there yeah. anything that you would like to talk about specifically about that story? Well, you know, I think um, coming out is, is different for each of us. I mean, uh, some, sometimes a person has to weigh when it's safe to come out and if they feel ready to come out and whether they should come out to others or come out to, to themselves. Um, I, I struggled with coming out to, to myself, first of all, and I certainly struggled with coming out to, to my father. I knew very clearly that my father was pretty homophobic and would not tolerate me being open and honest about who I was. And so I actually chose not to come out to my father until age 23 after I was out of the house and in my first year of medical school. Um, that was a very traumatic time uh, during my life, and I'm very glad that I waited uh, to come out because of the way that he did respond. Uh, but I have, to, I have to tell you, though, Roddy, that I'm very happy that I did come out because once I was able to be open and honest about who I was with my father, it felt like everything in my life just kind of lifted, and I had like this sense of freedom that I've never had before. And even though my father didn't act very nice to me after, at all after I came out to him, I had a tremendous sense of relief inside of me that I was finally able to be open and out and honest about who I was to my own father. And that was a huge mo monumental thing for me. Um, even though it wasn't a positive reaction by him, for me, internally, it felt like the right thing to do, and I felt freedom for the first time that I ever had in my life. Right. So there's a section in your book in Chapter 1 that's titled, You Can't Heal If You're Hiding, where you say, as humans, we often have truths that we're afraid to come out with ourselves. We're worried about that's disappointing right. others. And then you go on to say, you can't heal and become your authentic self if you're hiding from yourself. 
So can you tell us a little right. bit more about the deep meaning behind that? Absolutely. So um, as, as I was prefacing earlier, there's different ways to come out. The most important thing is that you cannot come out to somebody else until you come out to yourself. And so for the longest time, I really struggled with that. And that's why we, we uh, have these, these subtitles say you can't change if you're hiding from yourself. Because a lot of times, if a person doesn't feel good about themselves, then they're certainly not going to be able to portray a positive light for others about them. And so um, that's, that's something that I, I really struggle with myself. And I realized that in order for people, and that's the reason, uh, a major reason why I wrote this book, is that in order for people to feel comfortable and open about themselves, they have to first accept themselves. And that's a process that we all have to go through at different stages of, of our life. For, for some people, we can uh, accept ourselves at a very young age. But for some of us, such as myself, who really struggle with it because of the way my father treated me, it may take them much longer to come out. And so I think the, the take-home take message from this is that um, you cannot heal if you are hiding. So if you're still hiding from what feels natural to you, then you're never going to be able to get over your own emotional um, issues that are going on. Once you're able to feel open and proud within yourself about who, who you are, then everything else that's around you that's making you feel bad starts to melt away and you start to become your true authentic self. It's only after we accept ourselves that we are then able to be more open to others and then uh, have a more positive experience uh, letting others know who, who, who we are. Right. So what would be something you would say to a young teen or young adult who is struggling with accepting themselves? So, you know, uh, first of all, I'd like to say that you're not alone and that, um, you know, that's, that's something that a lot of people experience. Millions of people across the world have those kind, kind of feelings, and I don't want you to feel like that's somehow a bad thing or that means you're a bad person. It just means that you've got some things that you've, you've yet to work through. And when that happens and you feel like you're not able to work through it on your own, that's when you should reach out to somebody, whether that might be, say, some, a school counselor or maybe a, a pride advisor at your Gay Straight Alliance at your school, or if those resources aren't, aren't available uh, and you, you feel comfortable talking to a parent, you can certainly do that. If that's not available, uh, sometimes having a favorite teacher of yours might be an option to maybe uh, talk to about your, your feelings or even a close friend. And so um, the important thing is to realize that you're not alone and that you are worthy of un unconditional love and, and acceptance. And if you feel like you're struggling and not able to work through it, it's always important to, to reach out to somebody. There's always resources that are available. I think it's when we don't reach out and when we try to handle these things on our own, like what I did to myself, where we can kind of get worse and worse, and then these feelings of um, self-hatred and self-harm come on. Absolutely. And there are always great resources out there. One of the big ones we push for is the Trevor Project, which is a nonprofit LGBTQ organization that helps prevent suicide prevention among LGBTQ youth. They can be found at Trevor Project on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, and have a 24-hour chat line online that you can always connect with, and someone will always be there to answer your question. It's an excellent resource. It is. It's a wonderful, wonderful resource. And then in Chapter 3 and 4 of your book, you talk about mental and physical health and yes. go into some great, great details about it. So could you just show a little bit about your findings in mental and physical health on the LGBTQ community? 
Sure, absolutely. Um, just in, in my years of training as a psychiatrist and my own personal experiences as well, um, I know that a lot of times when people are struggling with their sexual orientation or their gender identity and they're not able to work through that, then they tend to internalize those negative feelings and that can lead to all sorts of mental health issues, uh, including uh, depression, uh, anxiety, uh, panic attacks, um, thoughts of suicide or actual suicide attempts. And so it's not uncommon for people who are struggling with their sexuality or their gender um, to have, you know, mental health issues such as that. And it's not because they're innately um, mentally uh, have problems. It's because of society's reaction and responses to gay people that makes us feel the way that, that, that we do. Um, and on the physical side, there are all sorts of ailments that a person can have. And a lot of times when a person is struggling with their sexuality or gender identity or in general for any, anything that they happen to, to be hiding, people will tend to self-medicate. And that can be through the use of drugs or alcohol or the use of cigarettes or sometimes people can, be, uh, can um, lead to excessive eating uh, as a way to kind of comfort them, themselves. And all, and all those issues, drugs and alcohol, cigarettes and, and eating too much, all those can lead to physical health issues. Uh, and I've seen a lot of gay, lesbian, bisexual, and transgender people who do have a lot of health issues be, because of that. Stress also can cause us to have, uh, be much more susceptible to, to physical ailments as well. And so I think it just kind of re reinforces that when we are hiding, uh, we are at much higher risk for mental health issues and then also physical health issues because of uh, unhealthy behaviors that we use to kind of self-medicate. Right, which, again, is something that is very, very common in our community and it's something we Absolutely. have to work on coming over. Absolutely, so, yep. Uh, yeah. So in Chapter 5, you talk about bullying, which we all know is a huge problem in the LGBTQ community. What would you say to a young adult or young teen who is being bullied and thinking about taking their own life? Wow, okay. So if a person is, 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 is being bullied, certainly I would reach out to any kind of resources that are available to you. Uh, when I was young and growing up, I was certainly bullied too, and I didn't feel like I had resources available, and that really made me feel much worse. So I know that reach, reaching out to people will help tremendously, and that could be like a school counselor or it could be your favorite teacher or it could be, you know, like a, a, a family friend or even your parents if, if you feel comfortable talking to them. The important thing is to have a positive role model in your life that you can reach out to and say, hey, listen, I'm going through this and this is not okay with me. This is really Im impacting me. A lot of times people who are bullied, um, it causes them to have increased risk for depression and other mental health issues. And that tends to then increase the risk for thoughts of suicide. I don't want people to think that bullying is associated with suicide, but bullying can certainly make our mental health issues worse that can then make our thoughts of suicide come on. And so if you do have any, any thoughts of suicide, just like you were talking about, Roddy, there is a resource available called the, the Trevor Project, and I would highly recommend re reaching out to them uh, for any kind, kind of assistance. Like, like you said, they're available 24-7. If you've got resources in the, in, in the school and you have thoughts of, of being better off not alive, I would definitely reach out to any kind of parental role figure that can direct you to, to the right resources immediately. Absolutely. A lot of schools now do have supportive guidance counselors. Most schools have at least one person who 
is going to be supportive. And if your school is not one of those, you always can reach out to organizations like the Trevor Project. Their phone number is 866-488-7386. And again, they're available 24-7, 365 days a year. Great. Continuing on with your book, you have a chapter on coming together and how everyone has to be supportive of the community. So can you go into why that's so important that everyone's supportive of the LGBTQ community? Well, you know, I think it kind of goes back to um, it's really important that we all need to kind of love and take care of one, one another regardless of, of our differences, whether it's our sexuality or gender or race or whatever it is that, you know, people are, are, are struggling with. Um, it's great to, um, to have like a support group like a GSA or a, a Gay Straight Alliance or Queer Straight Alliance on campus, um, but that's not always, you know, the, the only thing that we need. I mean, we all need to kind of support each other, and if you're in a group and a group is very supportive of you, but then you go outside of that group, say, into um, the, the, the schoolyard or other, other areas where they're not so, so, so supportive, it's really important that everybody around you be just as supportive of you as the people that are part of your gay, gay straight alliance. Um, I, I think when I think society really starts to break down when uh, people start to pick on one another for something that's different than the actual bigger group. And so, because we are in the, in the minority, the GLBT community is at, at higher risk for for being picked on. And I think we've, we've kind of seen that more recently with the change in the political climate. Um, it seems like people feel much more emboldened to pick on people because they, uh, of their sexual orientation or their gender identity. And that's not okay. That's not okay at all. And so we need to all reach out to each other and protect one, one another because one day, even though we're not being picked on, we, we, we may be. And so we all need to protect each other uh, regardless of, of uh, our, our, our sexual orientation or, or gender identity. Right. So since you brought it up, what are your thoughts on the political landscape right now? How do you see it impacting the LGBTQ community over the next four years? And what would you say to anyone who is struggling with even trying to accept who they are, who has accepted who they are, but are feeling that they're not valued in our society? Sure. So, you know, you're, you're right. I mean, I think we've, we've got, uh, after the November election, I think we're going to see some tremendous changes that come about. And although we don't know exactly what those are going to be, um, there is some greater concern in the uh, LGBT community that um, things are going to kind of go backwards a little bit. And a lot of the civil rights that we have received under Obama uh, will be chipped away at or maybe even re reversed. And so, that's, this is a time where all of us kind of have to work together and work as one, um, put away our, our, our differences and say, you know what, We're, we, we may be under attack for just being who, who we are, and that's not okay. We need to help support one, one another and kind of work through this. I'm hoping that the next four years isn't as bad as some people are, 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 are thinking that it, it might be, but... The bottom line is that if you are, are struggling, regardless of what, you know, the political climate is, um, it's important for you to get resources uh, to kind of help you work through this. And I think you had mentioned in the, in the second part of the question is that what do people do if they're struggling is to definitely reach out. I don't want people to feel like they're alone. I think when people feel alone, such as when I did when I was young, um, that's not that's not 
that doesn't have good outcomes because then if we are struggling and we're not able to be open about who we are and we don't have resources available to us, then that just makes us feel even worse and worse about ourselves and ends up making it become a very downward spiral. And I don't want anyone to ever go into depression or anxiety or even thoughts of suicide because they can't tolerate themselves for who, who, who they truly are. Absolutely. It's so important to remember that everyone's valued and that there are people who have gone through things similar to you that can always relate to you. All you have to do is ask. Absolutely. That's exactly right. Absolutely. So at the end of your book, there's a section titled Passing the Baton. So you talk about paying it forward and pretty much what's next for the community. So can you tell us a little bit more about that? Sure. So when I was saying that, you know, what I was thinking is that when I was young and I really struggled with my sexual orientation about being gay, um, I went through a lot of transformation through going uh, to therapy and, you know, getting my own treatment and uh, hanging around people who who were positive. And so I felt like I was given a gift. So instead of me feeling so bad and, and, and really poor about how, how I felt, you know, about my, my life, I was able to turn that into uh, an asset. And so when I, I feel very blessed that I had the ability to go to therapy and to hang around people who are very affirmative and very supportive. And because of that, I, I took my adversity and turned it into an asset. And so for the past, you know, since 2000, I've been going back to the Midwest, usually on my own dime, uh, for the past 17 years now, um, talking to, to youth. And I, the way that I kind of see it is that now that I have the ability to feel good about myself and my self-esteem is up and high now and I, I feel great, my life is much better than it used to be, I now have a responsibility to take what I learned from when I was young and turn it into an asset for others. And so that's what I mean about pa- uh, passing the baton forward is that I'm taking my knowledge, skills, and abilities that I've learned through both my professional training and from what I've learned from my own personal ex- experiences and passing that along to audiences so that they feel like they're not alone and that they are loved for who, who they are. I think that's the most important thing that we, we can do right now is those of us who kind of come through on the other side and are feeling good about ourselves, we need to take what we've learned and teach it to others who are not quite yet, there yet. Absolutely. We've all gone through things, and we all have so much that we can share with others. So there's certainly a lot more work that needs to be done, but thanks to people like you, we're going in the right step. Absolutely, and and you as well. So can you tell our listeners when your book's going to come out, how they can get a copy of it, and where they can find more information about your work? I'd be happy to. So my book is coming out on Amazon and on December 15th. It's going to be an, an electronic book at first. And um, if anyone in your audience is wanting to have a free copy of the book, I'd be happy to give it to them. Uh, they can just reach out to me at um, drronholt.info. So that's dr. Ron Holt, R-O-N-H-O-L-T dot info, I-N-F-O. So drronholt.info. If they just uh, fill out the, the brief form on there, I'll be happy to send them a copy of, of my book, either through a PDF or I can send them a link to Amazon. Um, I do plan to have it free for the first five days that it is available beginning on, on December 15th. 
and then I plan to have it free whenever Amazon will allow me to do that. Uh, the important message, the, the important thing is that we, we get the message out there. Absolutely. So I want to thank you again for coming on, Dr. Hope. It's always a pleasure to have you on the show, and we, I look forward to talking to you again soon and all the great work that you're going to be doing. That'd be great. I'm so honored to be on your show today, and thank you so much for, for having me. You're welcome. You've been listening to Gay News Radio. I'm Lottie Biggs. Have a great day.